0: Coming up on Stew Does America, calling COVID-19. The Wuhan virus is officially racist now, which means it's like everything else conservatives say. Sarah Gonzalez helps us figure out what is going on in the news and why it matters. And Michael Knowles from Daily Wire calls in from a comfortable distance to explain why he's not behind the outbreak of coronavirus at CPAC. Make sure to click subscribe and uh, make sure you do that on this podcast and on YouTube. Share it with your friends. Click on the bell on YouTube. Get those notifications and rate and review the podcast. If you'd like to subscribe to Blaze TV, go to blazetv.com stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 10 bucks. Each friend that you get to subscribe gets you an upgraded room on the Stu Does America cruise to Wuhan. Prices right now, really, really reasonable.
1: Stu Does America.
0: Sure, over 100,000 people have coronavirus and thousands have died. Well, yeah, hundreds of hundreds. Yeah, thousands have died now. Jeez, it's unbelievable. The Dow dropped a couple thousand points today. These are kind of serious times. So it's important to take steps to stop the spread. Number one, wash your hands with your feet. Your feet are the third cleanest part of your body and your hands are made of the germ-filled excretions of Satan. If you're not sure how long uh, to take to scrub, just simply hum Bohemian Rhapsody in your mind 11 times. Social distancing from me. If you see me sitting alone at a table kind of diving into so much Taco Bell that you're sure it's a cry for help, just keep walking. It's okay. Act like you didn't see it. Also, don't text me. That's unrelated, but still very solid advice. And number three, of course, properly season your bat soup. I think you're probably already doing this. It's kind of self-explanatory. And number four, most importantly, don't you dare call COVID-19 the Wuhan virus. Why? Well, you should already know you racist. After Representative Paul Gozar announced that he was under self-quarantine from what he called the Wuhan virus, White privilege expert Chris Hayes let us know that it was astoundingly gross to call it the Wuhan virus. David Gura from NBC reminds us that calling COVID-19 the Wuhan virus is racist. And Salon went a step further, announcing, and this is a quote: "White supremacy can be a factor even in the even in the way we name viruses." Here, I thought a coronavirus was called that because it looks like it has a crown, when in reality, those are tiny little white hoods on there. Mm -hmm, Now you can see it. Of course, Representative Gozar was the only one who used the term Wuhan virus. Racist CNN called it the Wuhan virus as well. So did the racist Washington Post and racist website Business Insider and the racist over at Foreign Policy and the dedicated unrelenting racist at Kaiser Health. And don't forget about the most racisty racist over at Nature.com. And is there any more racist institution than the New York Times? Of course not. Have you ever noticed how the white medical scrubs look like a KKK uniform without the hood? Well, that makes perfect sense. Now that you know, the World Health Organization also called the Wuhan virus too racist, all of them. The World Health Organization should be self quarantining just so other people don't catch their racism. By the way, let's not stop uh, bashing the self-quarantine process. I mostly self-quarantined from 1990 to 1998 in my dating life, and it was glorious. And I'm getting these t-shirts printed up. Sorry, can't make it self-quarantined. Buy one today. The truth is, and I know this is hard to understand, we name these outbreaks after the places we discover them in. Hmm. Ebola isn't just a cool, scary word. It's named after the Ebola River, which ran right by the town where the first outbreak occurred. The Zika virus isn't named after a 90s beverage that tasted like alcoholic Sprite. It comes from the Zika forest in Uganda, where it was first discovered. MERS was the most recent big coronavirus outbreak before COVID-19, and it stands for Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. I'll give you one racist guest where that came from. Mm. The Marburg virus was first discovered in Marburg, Germany. The West West Nile virus was discovered in Uganda, shockingly right near the Nile River. Rubella is also known as the German measles, not because people are racist against Germans. Germans are usually the plaintiffs on those episodes of People's Court. It's called German measles because it was found by German physicians. Hmm. The Rocky Mountain spotted fever was coincidentally first identified in the Rocky Mountains. What are the odds? Total coincidence. I grew up a town or two from Old Lyme, Connecticut. Uh, While I might remember it as a place where my dad worked, you probably know it as the place that Lyme disease was named after. Of course, let's not forget about hepatitis K. It solely afflicts people who have uh, gone to Kesha concerts. At least that's my understanding. There's Sheen fever, devastating to those who have had sex with someone who has had sex with Charlie Sheen. 94% of Americans are believed to be positive. Then, of course, there's Bidenitis. This ailment, terrible, makes words order come out, sense non-wrong speak. You you know the thing. And of course, Epstein disease affects totally innocent people with no interest in having sex with children and tragically forces them to constantly board private jets to lawless islands for weeks on end to do totally legal things. It's so, so sad. Let's not even talk about the Spanish flu. There's a little known fact that one of my life's goals, and this is true, is to finally exonerate Kool-Aid for their role in the mass suicide in Jonestown. Nobody drank the Kool-Aid at Jim Jones direction. They drank the Flavor-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid. Not only is it another product entirely, it was a competitor. Kool-Aid got totally screwed. I demand justice. Similarly, Spain got totally screwed with the Spanish flu thing. People all over the world were keeling over from the flu, but because it was wartime, reports were being censored. Since Spain was neutral, they didn't censor the report, so everyone thought they were the only country afflicted. They're basically the Kool-Aid of history's worst pandemic. In fact, super duper racist people continue to blame them. They, they still call it the Spanish flu. People like Chris Hayes. Okay, what's the best book on the Spanish flu pandemic? Wow, Chris, how much racism can you pack into one tweet? There are only two ways to take this. Number one, Chris is a raging racist, Or maybe, just maybe, it's common sense to name these outbreaks with something that you know, revolves around the place they originate. In Chris Hayes' world, there's racism everywhere, including inside himself, apparently. In everyone else's world, this is just common sense. But what fun. Is common sense when you can slap a few more racist labels on anything. I think we need to get a cro- grocery price gun that just like spits out the word racist so we can be walk around just labeling everyone and everything everywhere a giant racist. It would save so much time. Sure, it's easy to dunk on the media and pointing out another ridiculous example of hypocrisy is like pointing out a candied chocolate at the m M&M and store. But this crap is actually getting in the way of communicating the facts of the virus. I mean, can you believe serious medical publications are forced to publish nonsense like this? In selecting COVID-19 as the name of the disease, the WHO name givers steered clear of linking the outbreak to China or the city of Wuhan, where the illness was first identified. Although origin sites have been used in the past to identify new viruses, such a namesake is now seen as denigrating. Of course, the media doesn't care about denigrating China. They just have their own name that they want used. As the New York Times suggested, let's call it Trump virus. Really, really subtle, guys. I appreciate the subtlety. It was almost, almost hard to detect. One of the reasons this is so serious is because China initially decided it would be embarrassing to admit they had a problem with the virus. Even though they had brave doctors stepping up and raising the alarms, they were ignored. They were forced to sign confessions saying that they were misleading the public about the dangers of the virus because the government decided that it was not the correct opinion to have due to politics. This is called political correctness. We're in the middle of a possible pandemic that has its origins in Chinese political correctness. And our response is to shame people who call it the Wuhan virus. That's where it's found. That's how we name diseases and viruses. This is not a social justice crisis, it's a health crisis. Attempting to shoehorn cancel culture into a global pandemic is a perfect example of how insane we've become. When lies are at stake, political correctness is not a luxury that we can afford. So don't you love your home? Well, I've got great news for you. You're gonna be spending a lot of time there. Coming soon, I mean, uh, we now know Italy has basically blocked off the entire country from travel. If you live in Italy, you're staying in your home all the time and that might be coming soon to a city near you here in the United States. I just can't wait. If you have a home, not only do you wanna stay inside of it, uh, you wanna be able to go there whenever you want and when you wanna leave and you wanna sell that home, you want the equity to be inside the home too. That's kind of a major issue for most people. It's one of the reasons why we buy homes. In America, our retirement plans largely uh, are, are real estate. And you saw how the market went today. You don't necessarily want that up and down all the time. You don't have something that's, that's uh, you know stable. And for the most part, that's the way the housing market has been. However, it's not stable if you go to get your equity out of there and you realize it's not there anymore. Why? Because thieves have stolen that equity through home title fraud. It's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. And you do not want to be the next victim on the list of home title fraud victims. Uh, That's why I urge you to protect the online title to your home with Home Title Lock. Legal documents to our homes are kept online where thieves can hunt them. They find those documents and they forge them and then you're screwed because they can borrow against your home equity and then you can't get it when you need it. No insurance or bank protects you from this, but Home Title Lock does. You could already be a victim of home title fraud and not know it. Find out now. Register your home at HomeTitleLock.com and enter STU for one month of free protection. Enter the code STU for one month of free protection and let them know because if you enter the code STU, that's how they know you like this stupid show. Get one month free protection at HomeTitleLock.com now. It's HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. Michael Knowles is with The Daily Wire and host of The Michael Knowles Show, as well as The Verdict with Ted Cruz. Also, he's the author of the new article on Medium that's going viral titled Inside Job, How I Planted Coronavirus and Took Down CPAC from the Inside. Michael, welcome to the program. Good to see you, Stu. (laughs) You know, it was good to see you, too, I thought, in Washington, Uh, (laughs) D.C. You came over, we had a great talk, and then all of a sudden I find out you might be killing me.
2: You know, I've got to say, we've kind of always had a friendly back and forth here between the Daily Wire and the Blaze. And, uh, you know, that's all well and good. But who is laughing now, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Taking you down. It's taking me down, too.
0: Yeah, It's it's a side effect. It's a side effect. How how do you find out? Because obviously you host a podcast with Ted Cruz. Ted comes out this weekend and says that he's he's self-quarantined. I mean, do you find out by the tweet? Does Ted call you in advance? How does this happen?
2: I did it was very nice. I I was speaking to Team Cruise anyway just because we were planning out the next episode of the show and they gave me a little heads up and said by the way, you know, uh, the senator is going to be quarantining himself out of an abundance of caution. It it is worth noting that Uh, This has now been 12 days since uh, the senator and I were in the same room, I guess, as this uh, person who tested positive for it. I was not in the room with the patient zero at the time, though I did shake hands with a lot of people who shook his hand. So, you know, I was a little bit worried. But the symptoms have been showing themselves generally within about five days. Mm -hmm. The whole quarantine period is about 14 days. We're now on day 12. I think I am out of the woods on this, uh, but uh, I'm not going to tell my bosses that because I would sure love. A nice two week staycation in quarantining. I'm, I'm actually starting to think that self quarantining is just the new way to humble brag about being in the VIP room at CPAC. <laughs> You're seeing a lot of congressmen
0: and other people doing that now, too. I like that. I want to self quarantine all the time. I'm just going to be telling people like every day, like when I don't want to show up to stuff, sorry, I'm self quarantined. I can't come to your little party. <laughs> sorry. I mean, I feel, hell. Like, I feel like there's some positives going on there. Um, how much of this do you think is hype? Because I know, you know, there's partially, you know, sort of I've heard some conservatives going on about how this is sort of something to kind of it's being hyped by the media to take down Trump, though. On the other hand, I look at it's like they don't shut down the country of Italy to try to take down Trump. Right. This is this is obviously a pretty big deal.
2: Well, I gotta tell you, being Italian myself, I think the Italians will look for any reason to shut down their country, (laughs) you know? I think it's no coincidence it's happening in the economic capital of Milan right now. This is the big question. Is it a pandemic or a Dem panic? And I think there's a little bit of evidence on both sides. I mean, don't forget, in 2009, we had swine flu. I actually had swine flu. I don't know why I keep being exposed to these sorts of things, but I was quarantined in college for a couple of weeks and I survived, it was fine, but a lot of people didn't. I mean, we had... Thousands and thousands of people die in the United States. I think the number it was almost 15,000 people. As uh, So far, we haven't seen anything like that from coronavirus. I think the government is doing a good job at overreacting. I like that they put the number two guy in the government, Mike Pence, in charge of the political task force. I like that they're treating this seriously. Absolutely, they should to quell people's fears and to quell the markets. But we should all remain calm. I mean, the only thing that we can do right now is wash our hands, stay home if we don't need to go out into large crowds, and try not to be around people who are elderly or frail or who who otherwise might be at risk. There's not much else to do, and if you go run out and buy all the toilet paper in your hometown, (laughs) uh, that doesn't make you healthy, that doesn't make you uh, helpful, that just makes you a jerk.
0: (laughs) First of all, I'm realizing if you had swine flu as well, you are a serious risk, and I would like to do all interviews with you uh, via Skype from now on. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah, I think it's true. just a safe, it's just a safe Fair enough.
2: I'm just gonna, I think I'll just install my own studio and everyone can just plug in.
0: <laughs> it works. Um, I'm interested in that, like, because it's not as much the virus, I think it, 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 that's scary to most people. Obviously there's threats to certain parts of the population, but the economic threat, as we saw today, you know, a 2000 point drop in the right. Dow, it's been crazy. Those things are real And, you know, even if it's just caused by panic. So you look at this in kind of the context of politics, you know, Donald Trump, one of the reasons why he's probably the favorite to win right now is is this very strong economy. Outside of that, he has problems with a lot of voters. You know, they might not like a a lot of his policies. They, you know, some people don't like his persona. Can Donald Trump survive an economy that might be a little shaky and still win reelection?
2: Well, I think it depends on who the nominee is. You know, if Trump is running against Bernie Sanders, I think he has a good chance to survive because even if the economy tanks, the markets at levels we haven't seen since 2008, still that's better than Havana, which is what Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders wants to bring us all back to. Uh, If it's Joe Biden, that's a little bit different. Joe Biden is considered more moderate, more reasonable. He doesn't go full communist. He doesn't honeymoon in the Soviet Union. So I think there, President Trump would have some trouble. And, And that's why I think it's important to tune into as close as you can unbiased sources for information here. I'll give you an example of this. If you look at the death rate, I mean, we're getting all sorts of different numbers. Some people are saying it's 0.7%. Some people are saying it's 5%. A number that keeps popping up is 1.6. Why the discrepancy? Because for people who are young, you know, under 20, for instance, uh, the coronavirus appears to be no worse than the flu. 20 to 30, a little bit worse. In your 30s, you know, a little worse still. 40s, same thing. Once you get to about 70. All of a sudden, the death rate could be as high as one in 10. Now, that might assuage your fears a little bit. It might say, okay, I'm a young man. I don't need to worry about it myself, but maybe I won't go visit grandma this weekend. Uh, what we need here are facts. We don't need the hysteria and the alarmism of a, of a media, mainstream media that is simply propagandizing for the left that has had it in for this president from the beginning and is willing to whip up the, uh, the people into a frenzy just to push that. We need to learn from the Brits from about uh, 70 years ago when they say keep calm and carry on and maybe quarantine yourself.
0: (laughs) Maybe a little bit of that. Um, Let's talk about tomorrow because we're getting into the part where this could be Bernie's last stand tomorrow. He's got Michigan. He pretty much needs to win Michigan. Uh, Is this the last we're going to see from Bernie or do you think Biden can kind of set this thing uh, to the side and, and and we can finally be done with this threat of overt socialism?
2: Well, I think that Joe Biden is currently running away with the nomination. I don't think there's question about that. But I don't think Bernie is going anywhere. I mean, this truly is Bernie's last chance. Bernie Sanders has been running for office constantly for decades and decades. The guy is a true believer. I mean, he started his political career running for two offices at the same time on a Socialist Party's ticket in the 1970s. And he just kept running, he lost six times or something, kept running and kept running. I think he's gonna take this to the convention. I mean, he, he looks better than Joe Biden, but the man is a little long in the tooth. He probably is not gonna get another go at this thing. And I think he wants to make one last stand for the revolution that he's been consistent about uh, since he was a young man. And so re- even if Joe Biden runs away with it, I could still predict some Bernie socialist shenanigans at the DNC <laughs> uh,
0: and as far as Biden goes I, you know he doesn't seem to be able to complete sentences this is an issue for a potential candidate and potential president of the United States I like where the Democrats now have gone <laughs> where they're trying to tie it to his stutter that he had when he was a, a child there was a really long article that came out a couple of months ago that really tried to To make you a believer in the idea that he had a stutter when he was a uh, when he was a child, he was able to get over it. And for some reason during the campaign, suddenly it has come back. I mean, I it seems such a nonsensical excuse. Do you think anybody buys it?
2: It's so cynical, but what else would the left do? You know, the left now predicates its politics on victimhood, and Joe Biden is the least victimized man in America. You know, by their own standards, he's straight, he's white, he's old, he's a man, he's been in power, literally in power for 50 years. And so they had to give him something, and now they're trying to write away his obvious signs of senility as a childhood stutter. I would ask them, hey, where did that childhood stutter go for the past, uh, I don't know, 70 years? Joe Biden's been in public life for a long time, and we haven't seen it. And let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that it is a childhood stutter. Does the childhood stutter explain why he can't remember Barack Obama's name? Does it explain why he can't remember his own name? Does it explain why he thinks that guns killed half of the country over the past 13 years? I don't think so. I think they're going to have to dig a little deeper into their excuses bag and uh, come up with
0: something better. All right, Michael Knowles, Michael Knowles Show, The Verdict of Ted Cruz and The Daily Wire. Michael, thanks for coming on the program. Good to see you, Stu. Good to see you from a distance. Back in a second. You know, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is leading the field. Tomorrow, he's got a big uh, test. If he can uh, win in Michigan, there's a chance that this thing's going to be kind of over because after this, a week later, a bunch of really Biden-friendly states come up, and it could be one of those things where he kind of runs away with it and this thing is over. Uh, Obviously, the best advice for Joe Biden, don't speak. I believe it was Gwen Stefani who first gave that advice to Joe Biden. That's what the song's about, in case you don't know. Uh, Here is Joe Biden attempting to speak, and it doesn't always go so well.
3: And turn,
0: turn this primary from a campaign that's about negative attacks into one about what we're for,
1: because we cannot get reelect. We cannot win this reelection. Excuse me. We can only reelect Donald Trump.
0: (laughs) Well, technically, he's right. You could only re-elect Donald Trump because you'd be electing someone else who was new. So it would only re-elect Donald Trump. I will say, like this got some uh, you know attention from conservative media because, as usual, it's Joe Biden fumbling over his words, and he does do that, and he's not really making sense. He does finish that one off though talking about how it will only happen, uh, electing Donald Trump, if we continue this circular firing squad of us Democrats, we need to unite and be positive, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it is out of context to cut it off there. The reason I mention this is because Twitter has flagged this as manipulated media. This is uh, fake news. It's video that's been heavily edited and manipulated. Look, it hasn't been heavily edited and manipulated it's just kind of being used as a joke, right? I mean, Donald, you know, Donald Trump is, is not going to be endorsed by Joe Biden. Joe Biden wouldn't be running for president if he was actually endorsing Donald Trump. Just one of those things you kind of take it out of context is kind of funny. Um, if you remember, um, Weird Al Yankovic used to do um, Al TV on MTV and he would come in and do fake interviews and he would take out of context questions and answers. And then he'd make it sound like they were saying something else. And everyone kind of thought it was funny. Like, that's all it is. No one thinks that Joe Biden is actually endorsing Donald Trump for president of the United States. We're all smarter than that. Yet, you know, now we have these major tech companies talking down to us, trying to get us to believe this nonsense. We all know this isn't true. It's not manipulating video. It's not making him say something he didn't say. It's just having a little fun with the guy. And you know what? That same thing is going to happen. Democrats are going to do that to Trump. They've done it a million times to Trump over and over again. It's you know, it, there's not it's not that big of a deal, yet we always make these things into a bigger and bigger deal. Now, on the other side of this, we've had uh, kind of a, day, a crazy day today. Two thousand point drop in the Dow. We've had uh, Italy has closed its door. Like every time I, or I show up to order a pizza at my favorite Italian restaurant, they've just closed the doors. That happened to the entire country of Italy today. Uh, this is a pretty scary thing. Listen to this from a virus expert on COVID-19 and how serious this actually is.
1: One of the things that Bruce Aylward has, has talked from the about... From WHO. From WHO has talked about coming back from uh, the investigation in China is the degree to which the Chinese people have been mobilized against the virus. And he put it in terms of it is like they are at war with the virus. All of society is mobilized in the fight against the virus. I've been working on epidemic preparedness for about... 20 years, and uh, completely dispassionately without, without elevating the temperature or speaking hyperbolically. Um, this is the most frightening disease I've ever encountered in my career, and that includes Ebola, it includes MERS, it includes SARS. And it's frightening because of the combination of infectiousness and a lethality that is appears to be manyfold higher than flu.
0: I mean, that's pretty significant. Again, you listen to the actual facts he's saying there. We all know it's not as uh, deadly as MERS or um, uh, Ebola, or even SARS, Um, it is not as deadly. However, the combination of how easily it's spread combined with a death rate that is seemingly going to wind up north of the flu, we don't know that for sure, but it does look like it will end up at least a little bit north of the flu. Uh, can be you know a major problem. You know there's 36 million flu cases here in the United States uh, so far, I believe this year, and something like 18,000 people have died. Um, that's a lot. You know people that's a that's a big number. Uh, 18,000 people is not nothing. It's been up to as high as in the 60,000 range, and that could be if even if we just get it, it's just the flu. Let's just say it's just the flu, and we add that on top of the normal flu, we could see large numbers of people dying, and and you know, if the American people got media coverage that 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 actually covered the flu like they're covering COVID-19, we'd be freaking out, man. I and mean, the flu is a serious thing. If 60,000 people died and you had that as updates every single day on the news, people would be freaking out. They don't do that because it's just normal to us. We've, we've become used to it. That, that's not a good idea. We shouldn't we should not stay there. Uh, I am not uh, of the uh, opinion that we should uh, become used to 60,000 people a year dying. This is be. This should really be a major health initiative to try to get this knocked out and figure out ways uh, to do this. Of course, you know, one of the things that that you see that's a problem is we have a flu vaccine. It's not 100 percent effective. It's usually, you know, 30 to 50 percent effective. But a lot of people don't want to take it. Um, And, you know, you don't look It sucks. I hate getting full of shots. It sucks. I don't want to get shots. I'm a total wuss. Uh, you know, they, they have this thing where they can supposedly cure your allergies if you go get shots like over and over again, like every single day for like, I don't know, six, which seems like 60 years. Like, well, we can make it easy. We can just have you can just do it at home. You just do it yourself. It's the last thing in the world I want to do. I don't want to stick, go home and stick myself with needles. I mean, plus, you know, the heroin's already knocked out so many veins. No, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't want to have any part of. Uh, that just terrifies me. I'd rather have the allergies. We get to a point where we're having to have you know, flu shots are not fun. But they do help the, stop the spread. And it's the reason why the lethality rate of the flu is only 0.1 percent. It's because that's the environment we live in. Half the people here get vaccinated. So it knocks the uh, it knocks the spread down and it helps the, in the people that wind up getting it. Um, but, of course, it's got to be a political issue, right? It can't just be an issue where we're all trying to work together, like they mentioned with, with the people in China. Now, the people at China, of course, working against the flu at gunpoint Because if they go anywhere, they will get shot by their government. But it is nice that they're working together. I mean, I don't necessarily want to encourage the gunpoint part of that. But here's the MSNBC panel going on about what a wonderful thing this could be. Maybe this will be the thing that gets Trump finally out. This may be Donald Trump's Katrina.
3: Yeah, you know have to I because <laughs> of my this, role this, in that. I mean, this, not, let, let, let's just lean into that for yeah, a minute. Yeah, I mean, Katrina was the moment when all of the things that felt incredibly incompetent about the Bush presidency, the appointment of Harriet Myers to the Supreme Court, the botched attempt to pass Social Security privatization. I mean, I, I lived it. I can go through the whole list were realized. We gave them a proof point that we were indeed incompetent. And also people died. I mean, this is this has the making structurally for the same kind of moment.
1: But right, if there's Trump. any a moment that would shake that 40 percent, the folks who would allow him to shoot someone and write down. 50, mm-hmm. If there's any a moment, it's this one because it's babies, it's friends, it's loved it's ones. It's old people it's in nursing homes, homes, homes that can't have their
3: daughters aunt, and sons. It's your interested. nana.
0: <laughs> you know, I- I get that you're on, politi- I mean, we do this too, I guess at some level, you know, we're talking about politics when more important things are out there, but this idea that you can kind of apply, uh, you know, hey, listen, maybe this will be Bush's Katrina. You can almost hear the excitement in their voice. First of all, Katrina was also really deadly. It was bad, bad thing. Now, uh, second of all, I really don't think that that was the end of the Bush presidency. You know, they mentioned Harriet Myers in there. People forget that was really what eroded uh, the, uh, the foundational support of Bush, his, his coalition. They didn't like the idea that he went after uh, the border. And then he, he put this potentially questionable Supreme Court justice up there. And you're like, wait a minute, who is this guy? His support at his core started dropping off. Then Katrina happened. And there was this idea of incompetence and it, incompetence can derail a presidency like nothing else. If they don't think you're in control, then they're not going to let you be in control. So that is something that Donald Trump's got to watch out for and be careful, because if he if he minimizes this too much, And it turns into a big thing we all understand he wants to quell you know the the panic and he doesn't want the markets to go crazy but if you minimize it too much and it turns out to be a big thing people are going to say you misjudged and it's your fault Um, so when politics comes to mind you do have to guard against that but mainly you just need to be a balanced voice you can't be you can't sound like msnbc that's the wrong way to go back in a second I'm joined now by Sarah Gonzalez, host of both The News and Why It Matters, and Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. She's also the author of the New York Times best-selling book, How to Be Racist Against Hispanics Even Though You're Hispanic, <laughs> which is really, I didn't even know. It's a, it's a wonderful how-to.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank I you spent a on. lot of time researching <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, putting it into practice in my own it's life. kind of your magnum opus. <laughs> and,
0: uh, um, so uh, I'm sure you're really excited to talk a little bit more about coronavirus.
3: Oh, I can't wait it really? is oh man I am so pumped to talk about coronavirus again because it's not all we've been hearing about 24 7.
0: I know and I I'm sick of it too um and I mean I'm sick with it I'm giving it to you right now oh good uh but also you were at CPAC I was at CPAC <laughs> and I did talk to Michael Knowles um so, who was in direct com, direct connection to Ted Cruz so oh, basically good. I'm definitely gonna die great um but it, I mean, you no know, Dow drops 2000 points. It's bigger than just the coronavirus story. Right. Yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's it's worth mentioning, I suppose, <laughs> when the stock market is involved. Yeah. But I just wish that we could figure out a way to get the public not to, you know, give into the panic that is, I feel, being pushed upon us by the media.
0: Yeah. It's more that I think now. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like it's, the toilet paper is a good example of this, I feel like. <laughs> There's no Why? reason to go out. It, it makes absolutely no sense to None. go out and buy lots of toilet paper no, because of this. It's,
3: it's, not a, it's not a gastrointestinal. No, disease. it's not what it does,
0: right? No. However, right, if everyone else is going out and buying toilet paper, there's going to be right. a run on toilet paper, so i got to go out and get my toilet paper. Right. And that's what Sky think, per- perpetrating this, like, not only in the, in the markets, but also in the toilet paper section of your it, grocery store.
3: Yes, I agree. Well, and, I mean, hand sanitizer, too, mm-hmm. which— I understand why you would want hand sanitizer. Yes. But if you are an average aged person with a healthy immune system, Mm -hmm. there's no there's nothing that indicates that you're going to die if you contract it or even know that you have it.
0: Right. Yeah. No. And it seems like they think 80 percent of people don't aren't even having some serious symptoms. So um, I guess this kind of brings it back to uh, because I know this has been there's there's multiple ways to go on this because it, it is affecting the markets. Mm-hmm. It's affecting our 401ks. It's affecting all of our financial futures. Uh, it's affecting politics. It's affecting so many things. For me, the number one thing was my wife, wanted, we had travel planned, and she it was canceled, and she's thrilled uh, <laughs> because um, she... I mean, it was one of those things where she just did not want to travel because she's terrified of this. And yes. I understand. I think that's very common. I I, I was looking at um, a, a flight in a f- couple weeks, which would normally be six or seven hundred dollars. One ninety five round trip. Wow. To Canada. Wow. Like That's not normal for no. Dallas. It is affecting the whole economy.
3: Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And uh, well, obviously, book your trip if you want to go now and right. you're not scared. Yeah. You're healthy. You know, you're middle aged take your trip right now. But uh, yeah, it is, it's affecting the economy. Um, and rightfully so, that's what's gonna happen when you don't know what's gonna happen in Italy. Yeah. You see what's going on in China. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we don't know how bad it's going to get in the United States. There is that that fear that's setting in, but. Well,
0: and part of the, I think the, the, the just crazy panic is due to how people are handling it. Like they closed the country of Italy. <laughs> Like, what are they do? They know more than we know. What is this? Yeah, it's kind of scary. It
3: is. It is. But again, I mean, our our American media, I don't think is helping. No, because I certainly think that they would rather see the economy take such a hit that it causes Trump to lose the election than just report things and try to keep (laughs) things in perspective for people.
0: It's really true, I think. I don't like look, I don't think the media members go home and be like, I can't wait for thousands of people to die. However, if thousands of people are going to die and the economy is going to go in the tank and Donald Trump's going to get the blame for it, like that is a positive outcome from a really bad event. Like, you know, uh,
3: well, Bill Maher said it. Right. He said he wants the economy. He would like a recession because then perhaps it would force, you know, America to vote for someone else. So they don't want the death that goes along with it. Right. Sure. But whatever it takes to make the economy go into a recession, then they get their wish with uh, kicking President Trump out. I
0: feel like this is really balanced analysis by us. Really fair. We're giving <laughs> them a so. break. They don't necessarily want all the death. I right. mean, how, how much nicer can we be I, on this one? I
3: completely agree.
0: So what do you do? You think this would be? Would actually tank the Trump candidacy, uh, our re election campaign. I yeah. mean, it, let's just say this is as bad as, as our worst fears are. And uh, not only is uh, obviously the, the human life, but also the economy goes in the tank. Uh, how do you see that playing out? Because to me, I think there's a real, I, I don't know that he could survive this ele- in, in an election.
3: I'm torn with that because I do think that there are certain people. Probably I don't mean to be derogatory, but probably more informed people who would look at this and go, OK, there's no way that President Trump had right. I, I, what what's he supposed to do? It's a it's an infectious disease. Yeah. He, He, tam, you know, he tampered down he on the spread of the disease far sooner than Obama did with swine flu. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking objectively at it, you've got to look at it and go, OK, he doesn't really have any control over this. Mm-hmm. But But, the average American, it's not like that. (laughs) They're not going to do the research on that. And they're just going to see how their lives are immediately affected and perhaps try to, you know, vote for for something new. However, on the other side, you have Joe Biden, who doesn't know what day it is. Or you have Bernie (laughs) Sanders, whoever the nominee, you know, uh, appears to be. And he's advocating for socialism. So. It's a weird one this year. It I feel is. like it could go either way.
0: Yeah, I mean, because like, Biden could look so lost that he would give people no confidence right. that he could take the reins. Right. Uh, where you know, Bernie, I don't think he's going to look so lost. He's just a socialist, and yeah. that's a big difference. So, I think there's two things that Trump needs to stay away from here to, to make this happen. Let me run these by you and see. What, let me run this theory by you and see what <laughs> you think. I'll present this in a monologue later on if it actually works. <laughs> Um, number one, he needs to make sure that he doesn't look incompetent, right? Like, and I think of back to George Bush with Katrina and I don't know that his handling of it was actually incompetent, but it was perceived as incompetent. And again, that was also an act of God, right? A hurricane, like what are you supposed to do? But it, it seemed like to at least most people that are in the average voters that they saw him as like, ah, he didn't know what he was doing. He, he was not engaged. That's one. Um, And I think like that one is a big one, because if you look like you're aloof in a situation like that, you can have major problems. The other thing is one I think he's violating right now, which is he's trying to downplay it so much that if it looks really bad, he's going to be quote after quote after quote after quote of him saying it's nothing. And then when it turns out to be something, he's going to be really burned by that. Yeah. Do those two make sense?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, I will say there are a, most experts that I've been listening to are agreeing with his assessment that, yes, we have this particular percentage rate now of mm-hmm. death, but that's expected to go down. I know he got yep. hit really hard for that. It's totally but right it, on that. Though. Yeah, it was true. What mm-hmm. he was saying was true. And he had the doctors and the researchers and the scientists to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be surprised if he got caught Um, in something like that where he was trying to say, hey, calm down, it's not a huge deal, and then it turned out to be a huge deal. However, you also have to look at it on the other side. If he were to, let's say he shuts down all international travel, he clamps down on it, you know, he does what we would consider overkill maybe, wouldn't he get hit from the other side as well? Oh yeah. There's, and I, He's inducing panic, he's causing fear, he's causing all of these things. I just, I don't know a way that he can <laughs> win on this.
0: No, I know. I mean, look, if it's that bad, you're not gonna win yeah. um, either way. I do feel like this is my other, want to hear my pet theory? We're just, just remembering short theories by you now. Uh, my pet theory is that he's Do given, I need
3: a tinfoil hat? Yes, you do, this okay. one
0: you do. This <laughs> okay. one's like deep down the road. Okay. But like, he's given this leadership role to Pence. And if this really winds up being a disaster, <laughs> th- th- this whole Pence to Nikki Haley or somebody else thing and be like, look, I gave it to Mike and he screwed it up. Vote for me and whoever this other person is. I, I actually really like that. Theory. Like okay. I
3: really do. I think it would be effective with the American public who only pays attention half the time. <laughs>
0: exactly. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to spend the entire time talking to you about coronavirus. <laughs> there is a, a decent series of elections, potentially, uh, you know, Bernie's last stand mm-hmm. coming, happening tomorrow. Do you think he has any chance here? Do you think this is over?
3: I mean, most likely, yes. However, a couple (laughs) weeks ago, what, three weeks ago, I was just saying, yeah, Bernie's going to be the nominee. There's no way that Joe Biden comes back from, uh, you know, from what's in in front of them. And somehow they did the reverse. So... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I don't see a way for Bernie at this point just because we've already had the, you know, the caucuses happen. We've already had Super Tuesday happen. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen it kind of laid out in front of us. Um, I don't see Bernie earning that back. But again, um, the polling was wrong in Michigan last year. It was off by, what, 20 points? Yeah. They had Hillary winning. So who's to say? I mean, we've seen the polling be wrong before. Yes. I, I,
0: it's just I, I don't know if he has a path.
3: I don't think so.
0: I I, I don't know. Biden didn't look like he was going to be able to execute the path, but it was there. Right. We all knew that if he came back and won in South Carolina, this thing could turn around pretty quickly. Right. We all just kind of doubted that he'd be able to because he can't say sentences. Uh, Full sentences are difficult for him. I feel like
3: it should be required of a president just to say sentences. It is.
0: I feel like (laughs) it's a big deal, right, Um, where now he's gone to this place where— he, he's won so many delegates. Uh, you know, Biden's up by a lot. There's a lot of Biden friendly states coming mm-hmm. up. Michigan might be the last chance if he can't win Michigan, a place that, as you point out, he won last time. He is in dire straits. I feel like I feel like the Bernie thing, we may finally be done with it. And that would be nice.
3: I agree. I agree. And I think what five thirty eight has him at like one in one hundred now. Yeah, which just a couple of weeks ago it was not that. No, it was like a fifty percent chance to win.
0: Yeah, one one hundred. I think I saw, I checked it today and, and it said he had a zero point three percent chance to win.
3: Oh well, they're still the point three percent.
0: So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am fascinated by this. I I feel like it's it's interesting to watch their them go back and forth, and it's fascinating to see what, Again, I think those that's a really bad field of candidates. Like, they had yes. a bad field of candidates. Yes. However, they seem to have selected maybe their worst two <laughs> as the final two. And you see the party all come on board. Yes. Cory Booker endorsement. Uh, everybody except Warren, pretty much, is now endorsed. Um, you know, what was the other one? Kamala Harris Kamala, came out yes. uh, this weekend. Joe Biden. I mean, and it's like they have all really aligned. And I, part of me sits back and says in, in, in his uh like admires what they're doing here. Here's a party that's coming together and saying, "Okay, hey, this is the person we want. They're all coming together. They're forcing through the thing that they they want. And the Republicans could never pull something like that off. On the other hand, that is the party deciding. That's not the voters deciding. The party is doing everything they can to make the decision for the voters. Which one do you want?
3: Well, I mean, that's true. However, you know, when it comes to socialism and arguably communism, that you've got a candidate who is advocating (laughs) for that specific policy. I'm kind of OK with the DNC saying, hey, guys, we're not ready to go off that cliff yet. So yeah. let's just go with the guy who's like, I guess, not dead yet.
0: Right. <laughs> what do you think the reason is? Because it's not that they don't like socialism. No, it's not that they don't want it.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that they know that the American public is not ready to have that sold to them yet. I think that they, you know, you saw what they did with Obamacare. They like to inch their way into it. They Mm -hmm. don't like to tell people. It's the same reason that Beto O'Rourke didn't, you know, he wasn't successful because he actually told people what Democrats (laughs) want when it comes to guns, which was, yeah, we're going to take your AR-15s. Yeah, we're going to confiscate your weapons. That's not what the DNC wants their candidates to say. They don't want them to give away the game plan and the strategy. Strategy, they'd rather just kind of inch it into Americans' lives. And I think that's the same thing when you look at Bernie. He's never just go up full, front.
0: Never go full beta. <laughs> right. Never do it. That's it's the a terrible to be learned here. Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered on YouTube. Please go subscribe there, as well as of course the news and why it matters. Sarah, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you. All right, back in a second. every time i want to just avoid going somewhere i'm wearing this shirt now uh sorry can't make it self-quarantined that's my new thing i'm just gonna get we need to put these on studosmerch.com we have a bunch of shirts and stuff up there mugs everything it's great whatever everything's up there check that out maybe we'll put up the self-quarantine shirt too just so you can get out of all the events you want to avoid as well we'll see you tomorrow